Welcome to the Public Speakers Association podcast, where we support you delivering your message through community and collaboration. We talk with successful speakers about how you can continue to grow your business and message through speaking. I am your co-host, Jason Antelek, owner and CEO of the Public Speakers Association. And I'm your co-host, LZ Flinnard, the mayor of Podcast Town. Welcome, everybody, to the Public Speakers Association podcast. We are glad to have you with us. And we have with us today, Mr. Edward Jones, a member of the Public Speakers Association. And he had an interesting year, like many of us have, and has chosen to express himself in a fresh and brand new way, which I will let him share with you because it is quite exciting and uh, near and dear to us because it's in alignment with what we're doing. Uh, Edward is himself a, a coach of relationship, specifically in the workplace and working with conflict. So, Edward, welcome. And thank you for joining us today. Glad to have you along. Thank you for having me. And you've got a pretty extensive experience in lots of different workplace social slash scenarios. Uh, so I'm, I'm aware of that because we, we've had several conversations in those areas. Uh, but will you, will you share with folks where, where your background and, and where what you do now comes from? Okay. Well, I am a former associate vice president for student affairs at Sacramento State. Before that, I was director of housing and food service at Southern Illinois University. I served on a $100 million credit union board as a vice chair and a number of other community organizations. The reason that I got into workplace relationships is because in my very first job, I stepped in it. I had no idea about office politics. I thought you just do your job, you tell the truth, and everything works out well. That's not how it went. Just a brief description of what happened. There was a person who was on a search committee. When they got down to the finalist in the search, they got off the search committee, became a candidate, and got the position. Now, to me, that sounded a little bit uh, inappropriate. The department was really down. And they asked in a public forum why people were down, and I got up and told them. And it was the middle of July, but it was the coldest day on earth because I realized I was wrong. And a person came up and said, everybody knew what you were that you were telling the truth, but nobody was stupid enough to say it. Then I realized I need to learn how to operate in organizations a little more tactfully so that I can survive but still be ethical. And that's how it all got started. So that's the background. Now, from there, I worked years in those organizations. I retired. And one of my staff asked me to go to Dartmouth to help her with, a, with, a, with an issue she had up there. And after I finished, she said, you know, you could be a life coach. And I said, what's a life coach? She said, it's what you did for us when we work for you. You helped us not only with our work, but you helped us with our personal lives. And you help make the organization run better. And she said, and they pay you for it. And I said, they pay you to talk to people? And she says, yes. So I became certified and now take natural ability with the skills that I learned from a certification program. So that's a little bit of the background and how I got started. So let me stop for now and see if you have any other questions. Well, I know Jason has a question, but I just want to mention. So when you mentioned Southern Illinois University, is that uh, at Carbondale? Yes, it is. 
I graduated from SIUC way back in the early days of the 2000s. <laughs> well, I was there. I was there from uh, 1987 to 2006. Oh, wow. Very cool. Very cool. Right. Okay. Washington Square is where my office was. Were you on East Campus or Thompson Point? So I was married. I had been married for three, four years before I started. So I we lived in the, the family housing, which is we could probably do a podcast just on family housing and all the things that happened in the family housing. It was crazy. Was it um, <laughs> uh, we had Southern Hills and uh, forget what the other one was. But yeah, we had two housing was also over that also. OK. Very cool. So that has nothing to do with our conversation, but I thought I would mention it. Jason, take it away. <laughs> okay, okay. I I request there, zero editing there, there on is the content of the zero show. Tie-in <laughs> whatsoever. Zero, no, right. no editing in this episode, please. Do not take well, anything out. <laughs> it's like just watching it go <laughs> off into the distance like, in that in that case, but. That was the authentic moment, right? Like you guys are totally connecting and that's what it's about. That was so cool. Both of you guys got excited. You just went into that S into the mode. Like, you know, when two people connect and they realize like we were both there. So how do we know each other? Did our paths cross? Right. And all right. I know where you were and you know where I was. It's watching those connections, man. That's the beautiful part of being on this planet. Honestly, and to right. see that happen is, is just so I, I love that. I, and, I, 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 and we got a ringside seat. So, and it's the cool uh, thing about podcasts, it. right, Jason? Yep. Yep. And it's happened a number of times on the show already. Um, it happened with Rex Sykes. You guys knew each other and we went through the whole show and we didn't actually talk about it until we were off the air. Instead of doing it when we were on the air, we kind of wish we had on the air. So I'm glad it just happened. I, it kind of gives me goosebumps a little bit. Really. <laughs> it was, that was, that was so much fun. Okay. Well, um, it, it, <laughs> now, what was my question? Oh, I remember because it was actually really exciting. And as I said, in alignment with what we uh, what we're doing here with PSA, uh, Edward, you've taken a, an interesting path and chosen to do your own podcast and are already having some success. So tell us about that journey and what got you started that direction. Why did you choose to do a podcast? Well, our friend Luana Parker would have to take responsibility for that. Because she was doing podcasts and she introduced me to Raven Blair Glover, who, who does a podcast organization. And they got me involved with that when we've gone through training. She started out with uh, Amazing Women of Power and they converted it to Amazing Women and Men of Power. And they teach you how to do podcasts. They give you how you can introduce yourself on a show how you can set up an agenda with questions that you could ask and move on from there. And then they push you in the water. They say, go ahead and get started. So I interviewed, I did my initial podcast explaining what I do, who I am, who I help and how I do it. So it was just a way of introducing. Then I interviewed Luana with her Dare to Dream uh, podcast and program. And I interviewed Raven Glare with her Amazing Women of Power found out that she got a Lifetime Achievement Award from Barack Obama. So I learned a lot about people. I learned how they dealt with 
issues. Everybody's got an issue of some kind that they overcome. Successful people find ways to solve problems. And that's mainly what my podcast is about, is helping people figure out how to solve problems because everybody's got something. I'm curious to know what other sort of motivating factors did you have behind starting a podcast, right? There are a number of other different directions that you could have gone in. Why, why podcasting? Why, why, why voice? Voice is because I am an extrovert who loves to talk. I've done things on LinkedIn. I, it's good, but it's not as interactive as I would like. Talking for me is, I guess it's my, my nature. My family says they're all introverts and I'm the extrovert that takes care of everything for everybody. I loved the interaction going to chamber meetings, interacting with people. Podcasting gives me that same energy. It's one-on-one. You're able to learn about people. You're able to help them think about the things that are inside of them that they didn't even know were there. So I love that energy exchange. So that's what gets me excited about being able to speak to people. The other part of it is when you're like with the Speakers Association, you're able to speak. You don't get the same interactive, but you still get energy from the audience. And that's what makes the difference between an introvert and an extrovert. An extrovert gets energy from the audience. Sometimes extroverts are drained by an audience. So it just works out perfectly for my my personality. Edward, what is the what is the title of your podcast and, and why did you choose that title? The title is Work Relationships Matter, call letters WRM. My motto is work relationships work for those who work on them. So my thought is that things don't, unless you work on something, it may not get better. Most of the times it'll get worse. So I want to make sure that people know that they do matter because it affects the environment one is in. It also affects productivity. They do matter. If you work on them, they will work for you. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I love um, about podcasting, I've, I've been in the, the space for a little while, is the relationships uh, aspect of it. So speak a little bit to to relationships. Why? Uh, you mentioned a little bit how it, it improved relationships, improved productivity. Uh, maybe give some some insights into how that's correlated. How do bad relationships affect productivity versus good relationships? One thing, I read an article that came out, I think, in January of 2019, and probably nothing's changed with it, but poor work relationships cost corporations $100 billion. That's with absenteeism, backbiting, misery. There are people that I knew who hated to come to work when Sunday night came they actually broke out in highs because they were so anxious about coming to work. And I've, I've known people like that. Now, for me, I've never had that experience, but there were people who were really, really down about it, and I'd really work with them on it. So the key, I think, to developing the relationships is empathy. You never know what somebody's going through. Everybody comes to work, they've got the mask on. Something, Maybe something that ha- happened at home that does affect work. Maybe somebody had a a bad day and somebody mistook it for a slight. So the idea is to pause, to think, and to try to walk in that person's shoes for a little while. One of my favorite books is Stephen Covey's The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. 
what he says, when you work with people, you have to slow down and make sure that you're on the same wave, wavelength. And once you do that and you feel what they feel, your relationships will improve. When you're talking about strategies, you work with strategies and techniques, right? Right. Ed, Edward, to, to help people. I guess for me, there's is there a difference between those two things? Is there a difference between a strategy and a technique? Yes, absolutely. When you look at a strategy, you're looking at the end goal. What kind of relationship do I want with Jason? A lot of people are, are in situations, they're going at each other, and they never really think about what type of relationship do I want? So strategically, you have to think about what do I want? And then from there, you just say, I need to, first of all, look at myself. How do I impact Jason when I talk with him? I notice facial expressions or something. I can't read that correctly. So let me figure out how I do that. I do my self-assessment first. How am I affecting him? Then I look at different areas that may be of interest to you that where your eyes light up when I talk about a thing. So I look at that. So those are the techniques. But my strategy, first of all, is how do I map out how I'm going to work with you or anyone? For example, there was an example of a, a boss that we had. They'd come in, they had a bad day, and they'd start yelling, accusing people of stuff. And I remember going into that meeting, and I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, I had enough of this person. I'm just going to tell them what I really think. But my colleague had a different strategy because of the relationship he wanted. Rather than fighting that energy toe for toe, tit for tat, he said, how can I help you? It totally took that negative air out of the room because he thought about, I want a positive relationship. I don't want a contentious relationship. So he had a different strategy, a different thought process. And the technique of saying, how can I help you, was the way he was able to achieve that strategy. So if I the, understand that correctly, the strategy is kind of the long term. Right. That's where you're headed. That's the destination. And the techniques are the steps you use to get there. Right. Okay, thank you. That's that that was very well articulated and anecdotally presented. Thank you. That was awesome. Right. Because the techniques may change, but the end goal never does. So Edward, talk a little bit about emotional intelligence. I heard you say self-assessment first, considering the other person. Emotionally intelligent people don't have that skill. <laughs> so, so talk a little bit about, number one, what emotional intelligence is and some ways to get better at you know, EQ. Well, in fact, I look at that every day and some days I do well at it, some days I don't. I had an interesting conversation with my son last night and I said that I, I would grade myself a C plus. But what I look at with emotional intelligence the first thing is being curious rather than judgmental, because it's easy to say this is how that person is when you really don't know. So get curious first. That's the first thing to do. The other thing to do is going back to that empathy thing to see the world through the eyes, hear through the ears and feel the world as others feel it. When you do that, it takes a lot more energy than learning how to do that. Then if you want to make a change, you have to take a risk. And say, and, and maybe ask the question, or maybe ask the tough questions. What am I doing that is troubling you? Nobody likes negative feedback, or they, you like to have it constructed, but you got to ask the question. And then once you hear what it is, you've got to be resilient. You've got to be able to bounce back. Those things are emotional. 
they are really, really tough to do. When I started out, I was got an MBA. I knew how to plan, organize, control, get her done. But I found out that emotions really drive people. And if you can understand the emotions and key into people's emotions, take the negative energy out, that is the way to succeed. But ego is so strong, it's hard to fight. And ego is emotion as well. It's protection. And so you have to be humble. And what I say is you have to check your ego. You've got to use the platinum rule, which says, don't treat others as I want to be treated. Treat them as they want to be treated. And then when there is objective truth accepted, no matter who it comes from, and elevate others rather than yourself. There was a lot of wisdom in that last like 30 seconds right there to that was too much to to, to do in one segment right there wow edward thank you but you got it on tape though yeah i i, <laughs> I wish I, I wish it was already transcript in front of me so i could see it like i, I need my producer to just type it up right away uh <laughs> there's a uh i i would say uh, first of all though you gave yourself a c plus and then through judgment and curiosity, I think you get the opportunity for an upgrade because just in curiosity and experience, Edward, I would I, I would give you at least a B plus. So okay. well, uh, well, I, I remember <laughs> about my, my conversation with my son last night because Oh, oh, you got he, last he, night you got a C plus. <laughs> yeah, because last <laughs> night because we had a conversation and he was saying one thing, I was hearing another. Ah, so like I just did. Got it. <laughs> so I get a C plus. You still get a B plus. I didn't reflect. I didn't do what I needed to do because the other part, those four words I talked about, curiosity, empathy, uh, courage, resilience, those are would be nouns, I believe. The action that goes with that is listening, feeling, reflecting, and clarifying. And I didn't clarify. So that's why I looked at that and I said, I, I didn't do well yesterday, but I'll get an A today because we're going to talk again today. I see. I see what you're saying. And and there's there's four things to consider, but there's always four others on the other side to consider as well. Right. So every every side of the of the coin has an opposite side. Emotional intelligence is a tricky, slippery slope. I, from my understanding, it's something that can be learned, but it also has uh, some natural ability as well. Is and and I think a lot of things are that way. Would you agree that 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 that's true? That there that you can learn some of the skills, but there's also some inherent ability or natural talent that that makes some people just a little more aware than others. I think that's true, but number one, it can be learned. And that's the key. For me, as an administrator, I was one of one of those personality tests. I was known as an expressive driver. Now, that sounds like a bulldozer going through. So what I had to learn to do is that that strength in certain situations was a weakness in another. And so when you had to get things done, just plow through, it was great. You met your deadlines, you met your budget. But sometimes you can leave bodies in the weight because of not taking time to listen and feel. And so sometimes you have to do damage control, but you have to be aware of what you're doing. If you're not aware, you can't work on it. 
And so when those, those things that I talked about in terms of listening, feeling, reflecting, and clarifying, you know those things, but that old personality comes back. And so every day when I do my meditation, I'd say, bring those to me when I need them most in the daytime. So therefore, I'm aware of them, but I still have to work on them. I have, I have just one last question for you, Edward, is that, is it possible to have too much self-awareness? I don't think so. I think the thing of it is, is that uh, the more aware you are, the more empathy you can convey. So I'm aware of how I interact with people. And sometimes the idea is just to be quiet and listen. I don't think there's too much of that. Because when you can identify your weaknesses, you can get that balanced, I guess using a, a, a another, I guess, uh, objective term, and that is the balanced scorecard, you get yourself in balance. The more you know about yourself, the better. Can anyone ever have too much knowledge? It's not what you have, it's how you use it. I guess they it, just to play that other side of the same coin, the question would be if they're if you're so aware of your faults, you have the potential to really undermine your confidence. If you're so self-aware so consistently, can you sabotage that? Because in some cases, those are just character. That's just who you are. It's not necessarily going to change. It might just be who you are. Is that a possibility? I respond this way. There is a growth mindset and a fixed mindset. With a fixed mindset, you're stuck wherever you are. With a growth mindset, you're always looking at the possibilities of how things can get better. So is, is there a third mindset option? What's that? Is there a third mindset option? Uh, tell me more. Well, I, if there's, I, I would just wonder if there, if there were only two options. If well, there was you're, a, just you're a fixed and a growth. Right. Is and there I a third? Maybe that could be on a continuum, maybe. But those are the two that I look at with a fixed mindset. I know I'm I'm weak. This is the way I'm always going to be. I'm terrible at math. I'll never be good at math. So I'll just say I'm bad at math. And I'll just wallow in that. But if you look at, I'm not good at math today. And the methods that I use haven't worked for me. But I'm going to try something different. I am going to find a way to become good at math rather than reinforcing a negative. My growth mindset says I can grow. And it becomes a choice once you know that, in my opinion. Um, wow. So, yeah, we could we could probably do a, a, at least a three-part series, right? Talking about um, EQ, curious versus judgmental, empathy, taking the risk, checking your ego, being humble, right? It's sort of a conundrum, right? Because, uh, in my opinion, it takes a certain amount of ego for you to be successful, but not too much. You just have to, you know, right. be self-aware enough to know, okay, ego is anyway. So, and and you're talking about accepting the objective truth no matter who it comes from. This is great stuff. So, tell us about your book, plug your podcast again, and we'll have <laughs> to say goodbye because if we don't, Edward, <laughs> we will be here for another hour. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, that, that really leads to my second book, what we're talking about right here. But my book is uh, Office Politics the Right Way, uh, The Seven Principles for Creating Win-Win Work Relationships. 
So it's the idea that office politics is, they say sometimes office politics is, is, is evil. I don't say it's evil. I say it's necessary, but not evil. And so I teach you how to use office politics the right way to, for win-win. The title of my radio show is Work Relationships Matter WRM by the Edward Jones Certified Life Coach for Destiny Coaching. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time. And check out my blog, my website, www.prodestinycoaching.com, and you'll find my blogs. My blog for this week was Work Relationships Matter, Practicing Empathy. That was the title of my blog this week. Perfect. Thank you again, Edward. All righty. Thanks for listening. To learn more about the Public Speakers Association and how you can be part of our speaker community and the amazing opportunities we provide, please visit us at publicspeakersassociation.com. You can also hop on my schedule to chat with me personally about how Public Speakers Association can support you in your speaking business and career. And if you're a speaker and would like to learn more about leveraging the power of podcasting to broadcast your message, pay us a visit at podcasttown.net.